Hi there and welcome to episode 211 of the Writing Guy podcast. I'm Scott Keyes of the Writing Guy, helping smart professionals to find their voice, write human, and get the results they want from the words they write. Yesterday I had a lovely day um, as I was involved in the whole day in um, one-to-one coaching. I was coaching a client um, who, whom we shall call Kate, um, for a whole day in bid writing. So Kate is a bid writer uh, for a major consulting firm, again, which uh, shall remain nameless. And um, we had a really positive and constructive and um, just very sort of a very exciting day, actually. And, and by the end of the day, uh, it was very gratifying to see how her bid writing you know, she she's a full-time writer of bids, tenders, proposals and pitches, how her bid writing had really transformed when we compared the sample that she sent me before the coaching day with what we ended up with working together at five o'clock yesterday evening. It was like chalk and cheese night and day, which was, which was great. What I did was... Um, just to sort of explain a little bit more about how it worked, I split the day into three parts, and they were process, content, and language. And under process, what I'm, what I'm going to do for, with each of those is just give you one example from each. Uh, I, don't, I don't want today to be too long, uh, because in fact we, we generated, there were, there were lots of issues that she came to the table with, some major, some minor, and one way or another, we end up addressing or resolving them all. And, um, and maybe I'll, I'll, I will almost certainly speak more about those in later podcasts. But for today, let, let's just look at one from each. So in terms of process, one of the things that um, emerged from our conversation was the importance of being fully briefed by the salesperson who has engaged with the with the client, the client, you know, the end client being the organization that has issued the tender. And, um, you know, because Kate is relatively uh, junior and experienced, um, she's a bit bashful about sort of demanding the best possible brief. But I did, I think, convince her that the the better and the more comprehensive the brief, then the easier it is for her to write a clear, clear, concise and compelling response, uh, a bid. And, um, and, you know, it sounds to me, and this is nothing new, that the quality of the brief she gets from the people within, from the colleagues of hers who own the relationship with the client are very, are very patchy. Uh, so sometimes when the briefs are brilliant and she even gets sort of gets to meet the client and really engaged in the bid and the salesperson is equally engaged in the bid, then they, they produce a winning response. And conversely, if, if the brief is really hurried and, and fairly poor and uh, not detailed and the, the salesperson just says, well, there you go, get on with it. You know, you cannot you cannot make a, a, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Um, so Kate understood that in order to be a world-class bid writer, she needs world-class briefs from the people that know the client. And, um, and I think, obviously, that's not directly related to bid writing, but 
it is a very profound influence on the quality of the, the bid you're going to end up submitting. So that's, that's one of the things that we looked, up, looked at under process. The second thing we talked about was content. And, um, you know, content is king. And one of the one of the sort of several content issues that had come through when I'd review when I was reviewing the samples that she sent to me in advance of the coaching day uh, was that she was doing much too much telling and not enough showing. So much too much tell, too little show. And what I mean by that, and again, I come across this a lot in when I'm reviewing people's bids is she would say something like, uh, we've grown into one of the largest consultancies in the UK. Um, or we have a reputation for implementing high quality solutions. Well, as I said to her, you know, anybody can say that and probably do. Uh, you know, um, it's the easiest thing in the world to say that. But to prove it is something altogether different. You know, anybody can say it's, it's much too generic and high level. And she, she absolutely took that, that point on board. So it's much more powerful to show than to tell. Uh, it's akin to saying, you know, talk is cheap. So saying we've become one of the largest consultancies in the UK, that's easy to say. Anybody can say that. But to prove it is something else. And this all comes down to one word beginning with E and ending in E, and that's evidence. So together we worked on, I kind of, I had to tease out of her a little bit, the facts and the figures and the stats and the numbers and the evidence with a capital E, the evidence to back up those claims. So if you're going to talk to, to me, the client, about high quality solutions, give me some examples. Or give me, give me, quote me an example or a situation or a solution you've implemented that had the most dramatic result. You know, that is going to be convincing. But saying we, we, we implement high quality solutions, as opposed to low quality ones, of course, just ain't going to cut it. So that was one of the things we looked at in content. Show more than tell. And then the third, the third sort of area that we looked at towards the end of the day was language, which in a way is the easiest thing to correct. And, um, and, and uh, I suppose this is linked to the previous point about evidence, because one of the issues, the big issue that came out in Kate's writing, in her bid writing, was uh, that she was emoting rather than evoking. So if in uh, in one of the particular responses in one of the bid sections she was seeking to reassure so one of the questions was about uh, proving to the client which is a public sector risk-averse client by the way proving that her company has adequate financial resources that so they're not going to go belly up halfway through delivering the, the contract and she kept using in her writing the word reassure, that we will reassure you that. This is reassurance of our status and our size and our ability. And so what I said to her was the best writers evoke that feeling in the reader through the evidence, through the stats, through the numbers, through the language that they use, through the way they, they the content really obviating the need, avoiding the need to use the word reassurance. 
um, because it's much more powerful to let the reader come to their own conclusions and to evoke that sense of reassurance in them rather than telling them this is how I want you to feel. So that for me is the difference. Great writers evoke those feelings in the reader rather than emoting them by saying, I want you now, and now I want you to feel reassured or confident or trusting or angry or whatever whatever it may be. So those are the three those are the three sort of issues, if you like. Um, an issue for each of process, content and language. I mean there was you know, we spent a whole day on Kate's writing and um at the end of the day, at the end of the coaching day, she came up with a list of about 15 things she was going to change in, in her writing, which was great. Um, so there, there you go. I'm going to leave it there for now. But remember the three areas, process, content and language. And um, if you're struggling with any one of those, you know who to call, I hope. Uh, thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow for episode uh, 212. Bye now.